Fiscal Update is a compilation of brief news articles published by the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency throughout each month. The articles cover actions taken at meetings of state boards and commissions, news releases from state agencies, updates on the status of the state budget, reports on audits of state and local government, and other items of interest to legislators and their constituents. If you would like to receive email notifications when individual Fiscal Update articles are published, please go to www.legis.iowa.gov slash subscribe. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Iowa LSA. To view all charts and graphs coinciding with these reports, please go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab at the top and then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Under Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and search for a particular report. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 6, 2016. Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission meeting. Meeting. The Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission, or IRGC, met on June 9, 2016 at Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson. The board took the following action. Affinity Gaming Refinance. The commission unanimously approved a request from Affinity Gaming, the gaming company that manages Lakeside Casino in Osceola, to enter into a refinancing transaction in order to lower interest rates on current outstanding debt. Regulatory fees. The IRGC presented its annual regulatory fee schedule effective on June 27, 2016. The fiscal year 2017 fee schedule as set by the Division of Criminal Investigation or DCI as part of the Department of Inspections and Appeals or DIA was also distributed. Both schedules have been circulated to industry members via electronic communication. The first payment of fiscal year 2017 will be due on July 7, 2016. Contract approval. The Commission also approved multiple vendor contracts submitted by Ameristar Casino, Council Bluffs LLC, Diamond Joe LLC, Diamond Joe Worth LLC, Isle of Capri, Bettendorf LLC, Riverside Casino and Golf Resort LLC, Grand Falls Casino Resort LLC, Rhythm City Casino LLC, Hard Rock Hotel and Casino Sioux City, Harris Council Bluffs Casino and Hotel, Horseshoe Casino Bluffs Run, and the Iowa Greyhound Association. These contracts include music license agreements, architectural services, and beverage and dining contracts as well as entertainment booking and agent expenses. Greyhound cessation hardship claims. The IRGC heard two individual claims regarding financial hardship caused by the cessation of Greyhound Racing. Senate File 2362 authorized the discontinuation of live Greyhound Racing in Dubuque County on October 31, 2014 and in Pottawatomie County on December 31, 2015. The legislation also established a live racing cessation fee to be paid the next seven years, 2015 to 2022, by both establishments to fund the Iowa Greyhound Paramutual Racing Fund. The fund is split equally with 50% distributed to the Iowa Greyhound Association, or IGA, to pay costs associated with conducting live racing and paramutual wagering and 50% to be distributed by the IRGC to applicable Greyhound industry participants, no-kill Greyhound adoption agencies, kennel owners, operators, and Greyhound owners for costs incurred in removing property from the dog racetrack located in Pottawatomie County. The Commission administers the Iowa Greyhound Paramutual Racing Fund and its distribution. 
Individual kennel owners, operators, and greyhound owners and trainers may file a financial hardship claim to be reviewed by the IRGC. The commission denied the two claims at the June 9th meeting. The next meeting of the board is scheduled for July 14, 2016 in West Des Moines. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 7, 2016, State Appeal Board Meeting. Meeting. The State Appeal Board met on July 5, 2016 at the State Capitol Building in Des Moines. The Board took the following action. Approved a payment of approximately $150,000 in general claims filed under Iowa Code Chapter 25. The Board denied payment of four general claims for a total of approximately $3,000. Approved payment of one tort claim filed under Iowa Code Chapter 669 for approximately $1,100. The board denied payment of tort claims totaling approximately $13.7 million. Settlements. The board approved the settlement of two lawsuits against the University of Iowa as recommended by the Attorney General for a total of $125,000. The first lawsuit alleged that the University of Iowa failed to properly supervise, monitor, and manage its climbing wall, which allegedly resulted in the plaintiff falling off the climbing wall and causing injury. The State Appeal Board approved a $75,000 settlement for the lawsuit as recommended. The second lawsuit alleged negligence on behalf of a camp bus driver at the University of Iowa. The plaintiff was struck in a crosswalk and suffers from ongoing pain as a result. There is also a consortium claim by her husband. The State Appeal Board approved a $50,000 settlement for the lawsuit as recommended. The next meeting of the board is scheduled for August 1, 2016 at the Iowa State Capitol Building in Des Moines. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Laura Book and Christine Meckler, Legislative Analysts with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency. Laura can be reached at 515-725-0509 and Christine can be reached at 515-281-6561. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 8, 2016, Iowa Alcoholic Beverages Commission Meeting. The Iowa Alcoholic Beverages Commission met on June 23, 2016 in Ankeny. The board took the following action. Regulatory update. The Iowa Alcoholic Beverages Division, or ABD, is currently working with the Department of Administrative Services, or DAS, to build up its compliance capabilities by adding staff and realign responsibilities. The division intends to incorporate the stipulations of the 2008 Smoke Free Air Act as a part of the education and inspection procedure currently in place. The ABD also informed the Commission of its intent to increase its workload in inspecting licenses by extending the knowledge base of individual licensees through the tax validation, assisting in understanding the flow of Iowa's three-tier system of alcohol distribution and general compliance outreach. Additionally, the division also discussed its compliance outreach plans for the upcoming 2016 RAGBRAI events. Financial update. The commission was briefed on the current financial status of Iowa's alcohol industry. According to calculations provided by the ABD, fiscal year 2016 liquor sales for the month of May have increased 6.37 percent, 
when compared to the same month in fiscal year 2015. Similarly, the total order numbers for the month of May 2016 have increased 18.32% when compared to May 2015. Overall revenue has increased 6.45% when comparing data from May 2016 to May 2015. Election of officers. Prior to adjournment, the commission unanimously voted to elect its officers for fiscal year 2017. The commission also formally welcomed its newest member, John Polly, who was appointed to the commission by Governor Branstad on May 1, 2016. Commissioner Polly's term expires in April 2021 and he will be eligible to serve a second term. The next meeting of the board has not been determined at this time. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. Fiscal Update, July 11, 2016, Iowa Lottery Board Meeting. The Iowa Lottery Board met on June 28, 2016 in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. The board took the following action. Financial Update. The board was briefed on the current financial details regarding lottery sales in Iowa. According to data provided by the Iowa Lottery Authority, total fiscal year 2016 year-to-date instant scratch ticket sales as of the end of May 2016 have increased by 10.01% when compared to fiscal year 2015 year-to-date total scratch ticket sales as of the end of May 2015. Fiscal year 2016 year-to-date Powerball sales as of the end of May 2016 totaled approximately $71.02 million, an increase of approximately 44.05% when compared to fiscal year 2015 year-to-date Powerball sales as of the end of May 2015. Total lottery operating revenues for year-to-date fiscal year 2016 as of the end of May 2016, have increased by approximately 12.56% when compared to fiscal year 2015 year-to-date total revenues as of the end of May 2015. New Lottery Product The board unanimously approved plans for the Iowa Lottery Authority to begin developing a product named Instaplay. This product which is already popular in 13 other states, is a scratchless version of a traditional lottery ticket lacking the latex coating currently in use on scratch tickets. Instaplay tickets will be printed on demand from lottery terminals similar to tickets in lotto games such as Powerball and Mega Millions. Having received the board's approval, the Lottery Authority will begin developing three individual Instaplay games with a goal to begin sales in the fall of 2016. Pull Tab Vending Machine RFP Contract Pursuant to the enactment of House File 2146, the Iowa Lottery Authority has issued a contract RFP-IL 16-11 to seek proposals from qualified vendors interested in leasing or selling the new pull tab vending machines as described by House File 2146. American Games, a Council Bluffs, Iowa company and also the current supplier of Iowa Lottery pull tab vending machine equipment and maintenance, was the only bidder to respond to the contract. The board voted unanimously to issue a notice of intent to award American Games RFP-16-11 and to authorize the Iowa Lottery Authority to enter into the contract with American Games in order to lease or purchase new pull-tab vending machines and maintenance services. The current contract for existing machines expires on September 30, 2016. In addition to the pull-tab vending machines, the lottery also is proceeding with the purchase of new self-service kiosks 
to dispense instant scratch tickets and lotto tickets from scientific games based in Alpharetta, Georgia. Election of officers. The board unanimously voted to elect board member Mike Klappholz of Marion as the new Iowa Lottery Board Chairman and Connor Flynn Jr. of Des Moines as the new board vice chair. The board oversees the lottery and its operations and is composed of five Iowa citizens appointed by Governor Branstad as well as the state treasurer and an ex officio member. The next meeting of the board has not been scheduled at this time. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 13, 2016. Iowa Supreme Court Ruling, State of Iowa v. Sweet. Legal Background. In 2012, the U.S. Supreme Court held that the Cruel and Unusual Punishment Clause of the Eighth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution forbids the mandatory sentencing of life in prison without the possibility of parole for juvenile homicide offenders, Miller v. Alabama. In 2015, Governor Branstad signed Senate File 448 carving out three sentencing options for juveniles convicted of first-degree murder. One, life without the possibility of parole unless the governor commutes the sentence to a term of years. Two, life with the possibility of parole after serving a minimum term determined by the court. And three, life with the possibility of parole. Under this act, the court is required to consider a variety of factors during sentencing, including the convicted killer's home life, mental health, and maturity. Factual background. On May 11, 2012, 17-year-old Isaiah Sweet shot and killed his grandparents, Richard and Janet Sweet. Sweet agreed to plead guilty on two counts of first-degree murder. The district court sentenced Sweet to life without the possibility of parole. Holding. Juvenile offenders may not be sentenced to life without the possibility of parole under the Cruel and Unusual Punishment Clause of Article 1, Section 17 of the Iowa Constitution. The district court sentence was vacated and the matter remanded to the district court for resentencing. Important highlights of the decision. The ruling outlaws life without the possibility of parole as a juvenile sentencing option in Iowa. The banning of this juvenile sentencing option does not guarantee that juveniles will receive parole. The parole board, instead of the sentencing court will determine whether the juvenile offender is, quote, irreparably corrupt and should remain in prison. The purpose of this shift is to allow for the passage of time which will provide opportunities for maturation and rehabilitation and a record of success or failure in the rehabilitative process will be available. Overrules the sentencing option of life without the possibility of parole. Provision of Senate File 448. Fiscal impact. This ruling will have some impact on indigent defense costs, although the costs are expected to be minimal. The majority of juveniles sentenced to life without the possibility of parole were resentenced after the Miller decision in 2012. Those juveniles who were not resentenced to life without parole will receive another resentencing hearing. The estimated costs of those resentencing hearings are expected to be minimal. Sources. Judicial Branch, Department of Corrections, Office of the State Public Defender, Appellate Defender. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 15, 2016. Watershed Improvement Review Board Meeting. Meeting. The Watershed Improvement Review Board, or WIRB, held a teleconference meeting on July 15, 2016. Chairperson Jane Weber called the meeting to order. Items discussed included. Jerry Nipple, Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship, or DALS, gave an update on three watershed projects. 
This included Hickory Grove Lake Watershed in Story County, University Branch Dry Creek Run Watershed in Blackhawk County, and Cooper Creek Watershed in Appanoose County. The board approved an amendment to Little Creek Watershed in Van Buren County. The amendment allowed the watershed project to pay for the grade stabilization of permanent pond structures with funds that were originally budgeted for water control basins and salaries. Final reports were received and approved for the following projects. Rathbun Lake Watershed in Johnson County, West Tarkio River Watershed in Page County, and Clear Creek Watershed in Johnson County. Jerry Nipple announced that he received notice that Senator Ken Rosenboom would replace Senator David Johnson on the WIRB. He also explained that no new members had been approved by the governor's office to replace members with terms that have expired. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Kozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 15, 2016. Iowa E911 Communications Council Meeting. Meeting. The Iowa E911 Communications Council met on July 14, 2016 at the West Des Moines City Hall. E911 Surcharge Fund Administrator Blake DeRoche reported on several items. There are currently four states that are now 100% taxed to 911, the ability to send a text to 911. Iowa is implementing text to 911 at a fully integrated level, which takes more time but should save money in the long run. The vendor contract to conduct the Statewide Public Safety Answering Point, or PSAP, consolidation study as mandated by the General Assembly will be signed yet this week. This study is due to the legislature by January 15, 2017. Participation by the individual PSAPs is encouraged when work on the study begins in August. Additionally, Chapter 34A of the Iowa Code needs to be updated. A legal request has been made for information on how much each wireless provider is paying for the E911 surcharge. Mr. DeRoche is consulting with the Attorney General's Office on how to proceed, as that is information protected by Iowa Code Chapter 34A.7, Subsection 2, Paragraph D. The Homeland Security and Emergency Management Department, or HSEMD, has hosted four webinars for local PSAP individuals to educate them on the recent law changes contained in House File 2439E911 Surcharge Act and Senate File 2326E911 Funding Act. PSAP Grant Applications. The fiscal year 2016 grant application's final deadline is July 15th. There are only five still outstanding, totaling approximately $500,000. It is expected that these applications will be submitted. PSAP Consolidation Discussion There was an extensive discussion from members of the audience and the council regarding possible consolidation of PSAPs. Concerns were raised that there may be additional consolidation costs for maintenance of equipment and phone lines. It was stated that the true cost of consolidation savings needs to take those possible additional costs into account. There was also concern expressed about the changes in the $100,000 PSAP grants as many used those funds for upgrading of equipment. Three applications for consolidation grants have actually been received, but the administrative rules for that process have not been adopted yet, so the applications will not be acted on for the time being. The Council voted to write a letter to the Administrative Rules Review Committee supporting the adoption of emergency rules at their next meeting. 
John Benson from HSEMD will be writing those rules and presenting them to the committee. Iowa Interoperability Governance Board. Coordinator Craig Allen reported. There is a user group meeting planned for July 28. The goal is to take a look at how other states are operating. The LMR, or Land Mobile Radio Platform, is actually being used for the National Governors Conference. The National FirstNet vendor will not be selected until the fall. Updated presentations on the FirstNet project, as it currently stands, are being developed for outreach to the counties. And there are two new board members, and the board continues to advance some policy standards. The next council meeting will be August 11, 2016 at the West Des Moines City Hall. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Folk Weisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 15, 2016. Board of Corrections Meeting, July 2016. Meeting, the Board of Corrections met July 8, 2016 at the Iowa State Penitentiary, or ISP, in Fort Madison. Director Jerry Bartroff updated the board on significant activities. Initial information is being developed in regard to the changes made by House File 2064, Child Endangerment Resulting in Death Act, and the possibility of early release for nonviolent drug offenders. Approximately 350 offenders may be affected by this legislation, and the majority score low on risk assessment tools. All of the community-based corrections or CBC district directors met on June 16th at the central office to discuss risk assessment issues and the fiscal year 2017 budget. Director Bartruff attended a Voices to be Heard group meeting in Des Moines. This is a group that has family members who are incarcerated. One goal of attending this meeting is to learn what barriers to communication exist so that they can be fixed. On June 27th, an inmate walked away from the Newton Correctional Release Center. In response, there was interagency collaboration, including the Jasper County Sheriff's Office, the State Patrol, the Warrant Team, and the Newton Facility Correctional Emergency Response Team, or CERT. The inmate was found in a very short time. A few long-term employees have retired from the Iowa Medical and Classification Center, representing 140 years of experience. Through collaboration with Iowa State University, new uniforms were designed for the employees of Hancher Auditorium at the University of Iowa. The uniforms are being made by inmates at the Correctional Institute for Women in Mitchellville and board members inquired about the status of the litigation regarding the Iowa State Penitentiary. Director Bartruff stated that he has had discussions with Director Janet Phipps of the Department of Administrative Services and that they are aware of issues still surfacing due to bad design and poor work by contractors. He has not heard a lot in regard to resolutions. There was approximately $260,000 left over in the construction budget and that is being used to deal with some of the problems that have popped up. Budget update. According to Director Bartruff's fiscal year 2016 is ending on a good note due to good management across all areas. There was $1.9 million in a supplemental appropriation that is mainly being used at the Clorinda and Mount Pleasant Correctional Facilities due to shortfalls relating to the closure of the mental health institutes and shared costs between the Department of Corrections, or DOC, and the Department of Human Services. Telephone Rebate Expenditures Monies from the Telephone Rebate Expenditure account are invested into educational programming. The cost of the telephone calls has been lowered to 11 cents per minute to comply with a recent ruling by the Federal Communications Commission relating to nationwide prison phone call costs. 
This change will impact the amount of funds available in the future. At the end of fiscal year 2016, there was $681,000 in the account. The board approved moving $527,000 from the telephone rebate expenditure account to educational programs. This supplements the general fund appropriation for educational programs. Community colleges are contracted to provide training and education programs at the prisons. Concern was expressed that approximately $200,000 of the funds are used to pay for the salary of the apprenticeship program administrator and for the salary of the person overseeing the telephone program. There is also concern that the amount of funds available will decline in the future because of the reduced telephone call cost. Director Bartroff acknowledged that the funds will be decreasing and in the future the DOC may not be able to support all of the education and apprenticeship programs that they do now. Iowa State Penitentiary Long-Term Restrictive Housing Program. Staff recently attended a national conference and learned that the ISP is ahead of many other states in addressing this issue. There is a large nationwide movement to get offenders out of the disciplinary units by correcting the behaviors and integrating them back into the general population. The ISP is following the Federal Department of Justice principles, including articulating the specific reason for an offender's placement and the set of expectations for that offender to advance. Privileges are granted as the offender progresses. The current program at ISP has been to work with a group of seven to eight offenders for three months, and they are moving to a more fluid program with offenders moving in and out of the program as they advance. This ties the offender into the work, and the outcome is driven by the offender and how much of an effort they make. The last phase of the program is to get them back into the general population. Supplemental material, such as anger management and communication skills, are provided. The offender doesn't have a choice of whether to participate. The physical layout of the ISP lends itself to working with offenders in this program, and inmates from other institutions are being sent to ISP for this. Correctional officers have input into the program, with efforts being made to change the culture, both at the offender level and at the officer level. Aging, mental illness, pharmacy costs. Dr. Harbin's deal discussed the ongoing challenges to the correctional system with an increasingly older population exhibiting greater health care and mental illness needs. Currently, there are 4,220 offenders diagnosed with chronic diseases. 973 of these are over the age of 54. During the first half of fiscal year 2016, offenders over the age of 54 accounted for 22.9% of the medical costs incurred in the prison system. Other facts Dr. Dio shared included 10% of the Iowa prison population has hepatitis C. There are 154 prisoners diagnosed with cancer. The costs of generic drugs are increasing. Court cases may dictate in the future what treatment is given to prisoners. Other items. Warden Nick Ludwig discussed a documentary that has been filmed about the transition from the old ISP to the new facility. A lot of interviews were conducted with both offenders and staff. The board will receive more information regarding the documentary when it is released. The next board meeting is scheduled for August 4th in Newton. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Falk Weisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764.
Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 20, 2016, Water Resource Coordinating Council Meeting. The Water Resource Coordinating Council, or WRCC, met on July 19th in Altoona. The meeting was called to order by Bill Northey, Secretary of Agriculture. Items discussed included Iowa Ag Mapping. Adam Schneider's Department of Natural Resources, or DNR, discussed the Iowa Ag Mapping Project with data from over 9 million acres. The data was collected from 2007 through 2010 from the Iowa LIDAR project. The Iowa Ag Mapping Project will allow a user to review an area to determine what types of conservation practices have been installed. Iowa Nutrient Reduction Strategy. Laura Whistler, Iowa State University Extension, provided an overview of the annual progress report for 2015-2016 for the Iowa Nutrient Reduction Strategy. The following is a summary of the partner efforts for the past year. The Iowa Institute for Hydrologic Research, or IIHR, deployed 30 nitrate sensors in 2015 and 45 sensors in 2016. The DNR is finalizing a research paper that provides an overview of the current water quality monitoring network. The three-year pilot project that will evaluate water quality monitoring protocols has been implemented at the ISU. The DNR has issued 89 point source permits to date from a total of 149 facilities as outlined in the Nutrient Reduction Strategy Report. Water quality data has been obtained from 41 publicly owned treatment facilities and three projects from the Iowa Nutrient Research Center have been completed. Iowa Watershed Approach. Larry Weber, IIHR, provided an update on the Iowa Watershed Approach that will be funded by the Federal Housing and Urban Development Authority. This is a five-year project that was awarded $96.6 million to accomplish the following goals. Reduce flood risk, improve water quality, increase resilience, engage stakeholders with outreach and education programs, improve the quality of life and health, and develop a program that can be replicated and used in the Midwest and other parts of the country. The nine watershed project sites include Bee Branch Creek in Dubuque, Upper Iowa River, Upper Wapsipinikan River, Middle Cedar River, Clear Creek, English River, North Raccoon River, West Nishnabotna River, and East Nishnabotna River. Each of the sites will have a watershed management authority status, develop a water assessment and watershed plan, and implement projects that reduce downstream flooding and improve water quality during and after flood events. Watershed Planning Advisory Council. Claire Lindell, Conservation Districts of Iowa, provided an update on the Watershed Planning Advisory Council meeting that was held on July 13th. The next meeting will be held on September 28th in the Des Moines area. No location has been determined at this time. For additional information, refer to the WRCC website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Cosell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 20, 2016. Board of Regents estimated revenue from fiscal year 2017 tuition increase. Tuition increase. The Board of Regents approved increases in tuition rates for fiscal year 2017 at its July 18, 2016 meeting. The full list of proposed increases can be found here. The Board made one change to the list before approval, decreasing the undergraduate resident increase from $300 to $250. Revenue generated. The following estimates 
the revenue to be generated by the final approved tuition increases in fiscal year 2017. University of Iowa, undergraduate resident $3,538,000, undergraduate non-resident $4,330,000, graduate or professional resident $1,007,000, and graduate professional non-resident $322,000 for a total of $9,197,000. Iowa State University, undergraduate resident, $4,927,000, undergraduate non-resident, $1,090,000, graduate or professional resident, $155,000, and graduate professional non-resident, $165,000, for a total of $6,337,000. University of Northern Iowa, undergraduate resident, $2,006,000, undergraduate non-resident, $241,000, graduate professional resident, $174,000, and graduate professional non-resident, $10,000, for a total of $2,431,000. The total of all three universities for undergraduate resident, $10,471,000, undergraduate non-resident, $5,661,000, graduate professional resident, $1,336,000, graduate professional non-resident $497,000 for a grand total of $17,965,000. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 20, 2016. Peace Officers Retirement, Accident, and Disability System, or PORS, Board Meeting. Review. The actuarial firm for the POR system, Cannaval McDonald, recently completed a review of economic assumptions for the board. Through this process, the actuary's role is to make recommendations to the board for each assumption. The board can adopt all, none, or some of the actuary's recommendations. The POR board will be reviewing the demographic assumptions at a future meeting. At the July 18, 2016 meeting, the board voted to adopt the following economic assumptions. Price inflation. The current assumption was 3% and the recommended and adopted assumption was reduced to 2.75%. Inflation represents the annual increase in the cost of living. This assumption indirectly impacts the valuation through its use in other assumptions including investment return, individual salary increases, and payroll growth. This assumption was reduced from 3.50% to 3% in the last experience study in 2011. Wage inflation. The current assumption was 3.75% and the recommended and adopted assumption was reduced to 3.50%. This assumption is used in developing the individual salary assumption used by the actuary during the valuation process payroll growth. The current assumption was 3.75% and the recommended and adopted assumption was reduced to 3%. This assumption is used to calculate the unfunded actuarial liability or UAL amortization payment. Investment return. The current assumption was 8% and the recommended and adopted assumption was reduced to 7.50%. According to the actuary, the average rate of return for the POR system over the past 19 years was 7.50%. Actuarial report. The economic assumptions adopted at the meeting will be used in the 2016 actuarial valuation report. The actuary 
will also be completing a new five-year experience study for the period of July 1, 2011 through June 30, 2016. Additional information is available from the Legislative Services Agency upon request. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst for the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846 and Josie Garretts, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 20, 2016, Iowa Statewide Interoperable Communications System Board Meeting. The Iowa Statewide Interoperable Communications Systems Board, or ISICSB, met July 14, 2016 at the West Des Moines City Hall. Significant agenda items included Statewide Interoperability Coordinator, or SWIC, report. Coordinator Craig Allen reported, Webinars have been held on general information and technical applications. A user group meeting has been scheduled for July 28th and will bring practitioners from other states in Iowa to help determine best practices. FirstNet activities include regional interoperable committees, or RICs, identifying individuals throughout the state who will be utilizing FirstNet and need to be involved in the education process. The detailed Design Review, or DDR, from Motorola is scheduled for October. And there are two new board members, David Ness of the Des Moines Police Department and Denise Pavlik of the Scott County Emergency Communication Center. Deputy SWIC Report. Deputy SWIC Helen Trojanovich reported, at the federal level, they are working on creating a public communications user group and looking for input from a lot of different areas. There are weekly meetings to capture stakeholder information and identify potential gaps. FirstNet Outreach includes establishing launching a program for Wi-Fi Internet for School Emergencies, or WISE. RIC chair vacancies in Regions 3, 5, and 6 have posed challenges. Regions 1, 2, and 4 meet regularly. And work is currently being done on a CHASM Next Generation presentation for the Homeland Security and Emergency Management Department, or HSEMD, conference in October. E911 Council Report. E911 Fund Administrator Blake DeRoche reported on several items. The vendor contract to conduct the Statewide Public Safety Answering Point, or PSAP, consolidation study as mandated by the General Assembly will be signed yet this week. This study is due to the legislature by January 15, 2017. Participation by the individual PSAPs is encouraged when work on the study begins in August. And the HSEMD has hosted four webinars for local PSAP individuals to educate them on the recent law changes contained in House File 2439 and Senate File 2326. User Group Committee. There will be a User Group Committee meeting at the Oran Pat Building in Des Moines on July 28th. One of the items to consider is the application to ISICS by Dallas County. Currently, there are more questions than answers in regard to the consolidation grants. Technical consultation needs to be done to determine what technical information needs to be submitted. Finance Committee. There is $1.16 million remaining in the initial federal grant. The Iowa Communications Network, or ICN, has not submitted a bill since October. It is expected that amount will be approximately $125,000. Communication has been undertaken with the ICN to ensure timelier billing in fiscal year 2017. 
there is $175,000 remaining in the State General Fund fiscal year 2016 appropriation with an additional $154,600 appropriated for fiscal year 2017. The Finance Committee ensured that the Connect Iowa contract is an hourly based contract and then recommended approval. The Board approved this item contingent on the Attorney General's approval. Governance Committee, a document outlining the need for additional resources to address the ISICS application process was discussed. There is a need to be able to deliver services in a timely way. Operations Committee, it was moved and approved that a used truck be purchased from the Department of Transportation vehicle auction to be located with the Strategic Technical Response trailer. A checklist for regular maintenance and monitoring of the truck and trailers is being developed. FirstNet Outreach. FirstNet Outreach is being continued to the counties. The website is being worked on as there have been issues with billing, support, and maintenance of the site through the state's chief information officer. Technology Committee. The Technology Committee has been reviewing the Minnesota Field Operations Guide to see if Iowa had any updates that should be incorporated. The Iowa Field Operations Guide is being developed. Information is still being gathered from fire and EMS sectors. Also, it is hoped that ISICS P25 fleet mapping will progress as the DDR talks continue. FirstNet Broadband. It will be fall 2016 before the federal government chooses a nationwide vendor. Once that is done, the state of Iowa will be able to have discussions of whether to opt in or opt out of the national system. There is an interconnects forum on August 2nd where some of the technology for the land mobile radio system and body cameras will be demonstrated. There is also a public-private partnership committee meeting on August 25th. Other reports, Motorola representatives provided an update and stated that Core 1 of 3 is operational. Westcom is now on the ISICS platform as well as Des Moines Dispatch. By the end of December, Motorola is planning on getting into the construction phase. SWIC Allen commented that Motorola needs to provide confirmed dates on when the items will be completed. New business. County outreach is being developed at the second level now, including understanding county demand and making sure the counties are getting new FirstNet information including Quality of Service Priority and Preemption Overview, or QPP. The third level of outreach will include decision-making on whether to opt in or opt out of the national platform. The fourth level will incorporate what the state plan for Iowa will be. The next council meeting is August 11, 2016 at the West Des Moines City Hall. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Folk Weisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 20, 2016, Board of Regents, July 2016 meeting. The Board of Regents met by telephone on July 18, 2016. In addition to approving consent items and a revised policy manual, the Board addressed the following. Compensation increases. For fiscal year 2017, the board approved a performance incentive of $7,500 and a 2.5% base salary increase for Special Schools Superintendent Steve Gattel, bringing his salary to $190,035. For Executive Director Bob Donnelly, the board approved a performance incentive of $8,000. President Bruce Rastetter noted that both Iowa State University ISU President Stephen Leith 
and University of Iowa, or UI, President Bruce Harold requested no salary increase for fiscal year 2017. The board will conduct mid-year reviews of the president's and executive director Donnelly in January. Fiscal year 2017 tuition increase. The board revised the proposed tuition increases outlined in the meeting agenda by reducing the increase in resident undergraduate tuition from $300 to $250,000 for each of the universities. The board approved the increases with that change. President Rassetter said that each of the university leaders had assured him that they can make do with the $250 increase. Fiscal Year 2017 Budget The Board approved the proposed Fiscal Year 2017 budgets for the University, Iowa Public Radio, and the Board Office. The Regent Enterprise Budget for Fiscal Year 2017 totals $5,707.8 including $3,833.2 million for University of Iowa, $1,483.5 million for Iowa State University, $369.6 million for the University of Northern Iowa, $12.6 million for Iowa School for the Deaf, and $9 million for the Iowa Braille and Sight Saving School. Strategic Plans. The Board approved five-year strategic plans for the Board of Regents, Iowa State University, and the Special Schools. The Knoll at ISU. The Board approved a revised project description and budget of $731,000 for the Knoll Modification Project. The Knoll is the University President's residence at ISU. The project will be funded by gifts and no general university funds, including state appropriations and student fees, will be used. Sale of Refunding Bonds The Board approved the sale and award of three series of academic building revenue refunding bonds. The issuances will generate approximately $60 million to be used for the purpose of advanced refunding of bonds issued in 2008 at higher interest rates. Board meeting calendar. President Rassiter commented on the board's 2016-2017 meeting schedule, which allows for committee meetings to occur separately from and in between the regular meetings of the board. The purpose is to allow board members and the general public more time to review the recommendations from the committees prior to action at the board meeting. The next meeting of the Board of Regents is scheduled for September 7th and 8th, 2016 at the University of Iowa. Additional information, the full agenda and docket items from the July meeting can be found on the Board of Regents website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 21, 2016, Underground Storage Tank Fund Board Meeting. The Underground Storage Tank, or UST, Fund Board held its annual strategic planning session on July 18, 2016 at the Iowa Arboretum Education Center near Madrid, Iowa. At its annual planning session, the board reviews the UST program's history, progress over the past year, and establishes the goals for the upcoming year. The board took the following action. Small loss portfolio transfer. The board voted to move forward with a loss portfolio transfer, or LPT, that involves up to 11 contaminated UST sites where the Petroleum Marketers Management Insurance Company, or PMMIC, and the board both have open claims or shared liability. An LPT involves 
the board transferring its claim liabilities to another entity, in this case PMMIC, in exchange for an agreed-upon amount of money from the board. The board's decision provides that the party responsible for the site an owner or operator would be allowed not to participate in the LPT. If the responsible party elects not to participate, that site would not be included in the LPT and the UST program and the PMMIC would continue to have shared monetary responsibility for cleanup expenditures. Large Loss Portfolio Transfer The board directed the program administrator, AON Incorporated, to develop a comprehensive LPT proposal for all remaining UST program sites that are suitable for liability transfer. At this time, the board has approximately 280 active UST cleanup sites where the liability could be transferred to another entity in exchange for money from the UST program fund balance. If this type of large LPT does occur, the UST board would still have approximately 120 sites where cleanup expenditure liability would remain a state responsibility. The type of contaminated sites that would remain a state liability would include sites that are near completion, sites that appear to have little chance of progressing, and sites that are near the $1 million per site liability cap. As part of its direction to the program administrator, the board directed that all sites determined to be proper for a large LPT would be required to participate and would not be given the opportunity to have their site remain a liability of the state program. Once the program administrator provides an acceptable large LPT concept, the board intends to publicly bid the LPT at a later date. The decisions made by the board on the large LPT are instructions to staff and are subject to review and modification at future meetings. Administrative actions. The board was provided an update by the Attorney General's Office on the status of the contract extension with AON Incorporated. Approved the fiscal year 2017 meeting schedule. Approved the fiscal 2017 budget. Approved program billings. Approved claim payment authority modifications for specific UST sites. The next meeting of the board is scheduled for August 25, 2016. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jeff Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-4614. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 21, 2016, Iowa Board of Parole Audit. Fiscal Year 2015 Audit. State Auditor Mary Mosman recently received the audit report on the Iowa Board of Parole, or BOP, for fiscal year 2015. The Iowa Board of Parole's mission is to enhance overall public safety by making evidence-based and informed parole decisions for the successful re-entry of offenders back into the community to become productive and responsible citizens. Fiscal Year 2015 Findings The BOP did not set a targeted small business, or TSB, procurement goal for fiscal year 2015 that was greater than the actual TSB spending level in fiscal year 2014. Iowa Code Section 73.16 requires each state agency or department director to establish a TSB procurement goal for each fiscal year and requires that this goal be established at a level exceeding actual procurement levels from the previous year. The board responded that it will work to ensure that the TSB procurement goal is set higher than actual TSB procurement spending during the previous fiscal year. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Folk-Weisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764.
Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 21, 2016. Homeland Security and Emergency Management Department Audit. Fiscal 2015 Audit. State Auditor Mary Mosselman recently released a letter regarding the audit completed on the Homeland Security and Emergency Management Department, or HSEMD, for fiscal year 2015. The HSEMD is responsible for making Iowa more prepared for disasters, both natural and man-made. Its mission is to lead, coordinate, and support Homeland Security and emergency management functions in order to establish sustainable communities and ensure economic opportunities for Iowa and its citizens. This letter stated that the state auditor did not disclose any findings believed necessary to report for the year ending June 30, 2015. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Falk Weisner, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 26, 2016, Capital Planning Commission Meeting. The Capital Planning Commission met on Wednesday, July 20, 2016. Discussion included the following items. Monument Maintenance Funding, Senate File 2324, Infrastructure Appropriations Act provided a $100,000 allocation for monument maintenance. The allocation is part of a larger $9.5 million appropriation from the Rebuild Iowa Infrastructure Fund, or RIIF, for major maintenance. The allocation requires a two-to-one match. The Commission members discussed how they were planning to raise the $200,000 match with more discussion anticipated at the next meeting. The allocation must be expended by June 30, 2020. Iowa, a place to grow symbol. Research was conducted regarding this monument that has stood on the corner of East 14th and Grand since 1984. Two other monuments were located at the state fairgrounds and at the rest area in Waukee. However, both of those monuments no longer exist. The Commission voted to deinstall the monument and allow the Department of Cultural Affairs, or DCA, to take possession. The DCA stated that the monument will be removed in early August. A letter will be sent notifying the Governor's Office and the Senate and House of the monument's removal. Monumental Journey Monument Application the Greater Des Moines Art Foundation has formally withdrawn its application for consideration of a monument on the Capitol grounds. Legislative Update Senate File 2324 also appropriated $9.9 million for the State Bond Repayment Fund to repair the Capitol Dome and to provide the installation costs of new lighting on the Capitol complex. Per language in Senate File 2324, the Department of Administrative Services, or DAS, is not allowed to use owner representatives for the work. Rather, the DAS entered into a Memorandum of Understanding, or MOU, with the Legislative Senior Facilities Manager, and the $9.9 million will be transferred into the General Assembly Joint Account for expenditure on both the dome repair and lighting installation. Construction Updates Ola Babcock Miller Building Repair of the limestone continues on the south entrance with the remaining limestone being provided from a quarry in Indiana. Bids are currently being reviewed for waterproofing the Ola Babcock Miller Building. Parking Ramp Repairs to the outside of the parking garage along Grand Avenue have been completed and the DAS is currently reviewing the design concept. Capital Step and Window Repair Work continues to repair the west drive and west steps of the Capitol and the north Capitol windows. Court Avenue Hillside. 
Work will begin to repair the hillside of the judicial branch facing Court Avenue on July 27, 2016. Oren Pape Building. Window repair has been completed and the specs for the blinds should be completed by the end of October. The exterior drainage improvements will be sent out to bid by July 22, 2016. Other updates. Capital Complex Farmers Market. The DAS along with the Department of Inspections and Appeals or DIA and the Iowa Department of Public Health or IDPH will be offering a weekly farmers market on the Capitol Complex on Tuesdays from 3 to 5.30 p.m. from July 19th through September 27th. Walking Trail. The DAS has put together maps for different walking trails on the Capitol Complex. Signage will include a Capitol Complex map developed by IDPH and DAS. The signs will be placed close to buildings and will use existing posts. Butterfly Garden. The Blank Park Zoo approached the DAS about installing a butterfly garden on the northeast corner of the Capitol Complex grounds. The plants will be grown over the winter and planted next year. Additional information is available from the Legislative Services Agency upon request. The staff contacts for this fiscal update are Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency, Adam Broich, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency, and Josie Garretts, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency. Jennifer can be reached at 515-281-7846, Adam can be reached at 515-281-8223, and Josie can be reached at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 26, 2016. Iowa Department of Public Health Audit. Audit Report. The State Auditor's Office recently released the Audit Report on the Iowa Department of Public Health, or IDPH, for fiscal year 2015. The IDPH exercises general supervision over public health programs, promotes health and sanitation, carries out specific responsibilities required by law, and administers state and federal laws related to public health and vital records. The department also exercises administrative authority over the medical, dental, pharmacy, and nursing boards. Audit findings. The report included two items related to the state's single audit report. Two instances where the IDPH drew down federal funds in excess of $50,000 and the cash balances sat for six to eight days. And the IDPH did not report subaward information for one subrecipient as required by the Federal Funding Accountability and Transparency Act. Findings related to internal controls included capital asset requirements, capital asset Disposal tracking needs to be improved. Assets not being listed on the IDPH inventory and not keeping the bioterrorism program asset listing current. Segregation of duties. The dental board preparation and reconciliation functions are not segregated from those for recording and accounting for cash receipts. The board of pharmacy internal listing of receipts is not prepared by the mail opener. Cash management. There were three instances where the maternal, infant, and early childhood home visitation program drew down federal funds and had cash balances in excess of $50,000 for 7 to 17 days. And vital records, documentation of deposited fees does not link to the supporting vital records. Findings related to statutory requirements included meeting minutes for fiscal year 2015 did not include the individual votes of the Board of Public Health members. Iowa Code Section 21.3 requires each governmental entity to keep minutes of all meetings. 
Minutes shall show the results of each vote taken and information sufficient to indicate the vote of each member present. And the IDPH did not set a targeted small business or TSB procurement goal for fiscal year 2015 that was greater than the actual TSB spending level in fiscal year 2014. Iowa Code Section 73.16 requires each state agency or department director to establish a TSB procurement goal for each fiscal year and requires that this goal be established at a level exceeding actual procurement levels from the previous year. Recommendations and Responses The auditor made recommendations on compliance for all the items outlined. The IDPH submitted responses for improvement that were accepted by the auditor. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Kent Ohms, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 27, 2016. University of Iowa, Carver-Hawkeye Arena, Lease Purchase. The Legislative Services Agency, or LSA, received a lease purchase notification for the University of Iowa on July 19, 2016 for the purchase and installation of a new scoreboard and sound system in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. The estimated cost is $4.9 million, including $4.5 million in principal and $429,000 in interest. The agreement will be for a period of five years at an interest rate of 3.6%. The annual debt service payments are estimated to total $986,000 and will be funded from the university's athletic revenues. Iowa Code Section 8.46 requires state agencies proposing to enter into a lease purchase agreement of at least $50,000 to notify the LSA at least 30 days prior to entering into a contract. The Iowa Code section also requires the LSA to submit all notifications to the Legislative Fiscal Committee. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Dave Reynolds, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6934. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 27, 2016. Statewide Communication System Lease Purchase The Legislative Services Agency, or LSA, received a lease purchase notification on June 15, 2016 for the financing of the Integrated Statewide Public Safety Wireless Communication System. The system will provide state and local public safety first responders with real-time, operable, and interoperable voice communications to support day-to-day -day mutual aid and task force operations. The estimated cost is $39.5 million, including $36.4 million in principal and $3.1 million in interest. The agreement will be for a period of 10 years at an estimated interest rate of 1.64%. The annual debt service payments are estimated to total $4 million. Senate File 2326, the E911 Fund Act, authorized the Treasurer of State to enter into the financing agreement for the purpose of building the statewide system. The Act also allocated $4.383 million for the fiscal year 2017 lease payment. Subsequent lease payments will be subject to an appropriation by the General Assembly with approval by the Governor. Iowa Code Section 8.46 requires state agencies proposing to enter into a lease purchase agreement of at least $50,000 to notify the LSA at least 30 days prior to entering into a contract. 
The Iowa Code section also requires the LSA to submit all notifications to the Legislative Fiscal Committee. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Dave Reynolds, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6934. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 27, 2016, Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission Meeting. Meeting the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission, or IRGC, met on July 14, 2016 at the Holiday Inn and Suites at Jordan Creek in West Des Moines. The following action was taken. Debt Transaction. The Commission heard from representatives from both Diamond Joe LLC and Diamond Joe Worth LLC. Both representatives requested the Commission's approval for respective debt transactions. The IRGC unanimously approved these requests. Casino Expansion, Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, Sioux City. Todd Moyer, General Manager of the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, presented the IRGC with a request to approve a $6.5 million expansion to the existing Hard Rock Casino facility. The 7,800 square foot expansion includes a wine bar, high limit gaming area, 60 slot machines, and a VIP lounge. The Commission unanimously approved the request to move forward with the expansion. Horseman's Organization's Financial Audits The IRGC reviewed and approved four individual financial audits for the following organizations. The Iowa Quarter Horse Racing Enterprise Incorporated, DBA, Iowa Quarter Horse Racing Association, the Iowa Harness Racing Association, the Iowa Horseman's Benevolent and Protective Association, or HBPA Incorporated, and the Iowa HBPA Benevolent Trust. Contract Approval the Commission also approved multiple vendor contracts submitted by Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, Sioux City, Diamond Joe Casino, LLC, Diamond Joe Worth, LLC, Isle of Capri Marquette, Incorporated, and Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. These contracts include advertising agreements, architectural services, and beverage and dining contracts, as well as entertainment booking and agent expenses. Greyhound Cessation Hardship Claims the IRGC heard two individual claims regarding financial hardship caused by the cessation of Greyhound Racing. Senate File 2362 authorized the discontinuation of live Greyhound Racing in Dubuque County on October 31, 2014 and in Pottawatomie County on December 31, 2015. The legislation also established a live racing cessation fee to be paid the next seven years from 2015 to 2022 by both establishments to fund the Iowa Greyhound Paramutual Racing Fund. The fund is split equally with 50% distributed to the Iowa Greyhound Association or IGA to pay costs associated with conducting live racing and paramutual wagering and 50% to be distributed by the IRGC to applicable Greyhound industry participants. No-kill Greyhound adoption agencies, kennel owners, operators and greyhound owners for costs incurred in removing property from the dog racetrack located in Pottawatomie County. The Commission administers the Iowa Greyhound Paramutual Racing Fund and its distribution. Individual kennel owners, operators and greyhound owners trainers may file a financial hardship claim to be reviewed by the IRGC. The Commission heard two claims at the July 14th meeting. One claim was approved for a total amount of $30,000 and the second claim was denied. Election of Chair and Vice Chair. 
Effective July 14, 2016, Commissioner Jeff Lamberti stepped down after serving as chair of the commission for the past four years. The commission elected Commissioner Richard Arnold as the new commission chair and Commissioner Christine Kramer as the new vice chair. The next meeting of the board is scheduled for August 18, 2016 in Larchwood, Iowa at Grand Falls Casino and Golf Resort. The Commission will not meet in September 2016 and will resume their regular schedule in October 2016. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 27, 2016, Executive Council Meeting. The Executive Council met on Monday, July 25, 2016. The following are highlighted agenda items approved by the Council. The Iowa Department of Human Services requested the Executive Council to approve funds totaling $200,000 for recent storm damage in the counties of Benton and Wright. The department also requested an additional $20,000 to cover storm damage in Webster County. This brought the total amount approved to $220,000. The money is used by individuals or families to replace or repair items affected by the disaster emergency that cannot be met by other means of financial assistance pursuant to House File 896, Section 1, the Disaster Grant Fund Act. The Department of Justice Attorney General's Office requested the council approve retention of outside legal counsel to provide legal services to the Department of Human Services, or DHS, regarding a trademark logo in connection with the Medicaid Managed Care Program. The Attorney General estimates a total cost of $1,400 to prepare the necessary documents. Outside counsel will be paid at an hourly rate of $390 for any work necessary beyond the initial base pay. Under the terms of the contract, the DHS will pay for fees and costs associated with this project. The Department of Public Safety, or DPS, ISP District No. 2, Osceola, requested the Council approve an emergency allocation and payment of $7,950 to cover damage incurred from an April 8, 2016 rainstorm. The State Auditor's Office has also reviewed the request and recommends the allocation and subsequent payment of the request. And the Executive Council also approved approximately $20,480 in payment of cost items. Approximately $12,300 of this total will be paid from the Tobacco Settlement Authority. The remainder of the costs are specified to be paid out of the Office of the Chief Information Officer, or OCIO, the Department of Revenue, or DOR, and the State General Fund. Additional information is available from the Legislative Services Agency upon request. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 28, 2016, Iowa Public Information Board Meeting. The Iowa Public Information Board, or IPIB, met on July 21, 2016 in Des Moines. The board took the following action. Election of board chair. The board unanimously re-elected board member Susan Stewart of Sioux City as IPIB chairperson. Board member Anthony Goggin of West Des Moines was unanimously elected as vice chairperson. Both positions are held for a one-year term. Accepted cases. The board accepted five complaint cases for further review. These cases include alleged claims of violating the open records law against the city of Pleasant Hill, the counties of Dubuque and Hancock and Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. The board also accepted a complaint against the City of Sutherland for violating the open meetings law. 
Advisory Opinions. Additionally, the board issued two advisory opinions. The first of these discussions unsealed bids in possession of a government body as public records, and the second discusses juvenile records as public records. Dismissed Cases. The IPIB dismissed six complaint allegations, finding that these cases were either legally insufficient or did not fall under the board's authority pursuant to Iowa Code Chapters 21, Open Meetings, and 22, Open Records. And Probable Cause Report. Crawford County Memorial Hospital, or CCMH, at the June 2016 board meeting, the IPIB held a special hearing regarding an alleged public records violation against Crawford County Memorial Hospital, or CCMH, in Denison, Iowa. According to two formal complaints, CCMH violated Iowa Code Chapter 22 when it refused to release a requested list of names of current hospital volunteer van drivers. CCMH had also previously requested an injunction to prohibit the release of the names. At the June meeting, the board determined that names of these volunteers were indeed public record. The board further scheduled a hearing for July on the injunction request regarding the release of the names of the current hospital volunteer van drivers. However, prior to the July 21st meeting, CCMH publicly released the names of all hospital volunteer van drivers. The board was brief on the current status of the case and unanimously voted to accept the subsequently amended probable cause report associated with these complaints. As a result, there was no need for the board to take further action and the board unanimously voted to dismiss both complaints and to not hold a further hearing. New board member. The board also welcomed new member William Peard of Clive, Iowa as a government representative. The next meeting of the board is scheduled for August 18, 2016 in Des Moines. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. Fiscal update, Fiscal Services Division, July 28, 2016. Council on Human Services meeting. The Council on Human Services met on July 13, 2016 in Des Moines for a public hearing on the Department of Human Services, or DHS, fiscal year 2018 budget recommendations. Representatives from the following organizations were present. Youth and Shelter Services, Juvenile Court Officers Association, Iowa Hospital Association, Coalition for Family and Children's Services in Iowa, Iowa Healthcare Association, Iowa Council on Healthcare Centers, Family Planning Council of Iowa Legislature, Early Childhood Iowa, State Child Care Advisory Committee, Mental Health Services, Iowa Department of Corrections, Iowa Psychiatric Society, Planned Parenthood of the Heartland, Iowa Alliance in Home Care, Iowa Association of Area Agencies on Aging, Iowa Community Action Association, ACE's Policy Coalition, Achieving Maximum Potential, AMP, Youth, AFS, CME, Lutheran Services in Iowa, United Ways of Iowa. Agency requests. A common stated need among agencies within the DHS is salary adjustments for mental and behavioral health providers as the state has faced difficulty retaining this particular subset of providers. The Juvenile Court Officers Association noted the replacement of temporary assistance for needy families or TANF dollars by general fund dollars for the purpose of providing graduated sanction services. However, there was an express need for funding for transitional services for youth exiting the Eldora Training School. One proposed solution was to redirect decategorization funds 
going to community-based child welfare programs and expand more decategorization dollars on juvenile justice services. In anticipation of the state's upcoming child welfare procurement process overhaul, the Coalition for Family and Children's Services in Iowa requested a more transparent rate-setting methodology to support rate increases and decreases. There was also a request for an allocation to offset the administrative burden of prior authorizations and claims processing in the new Medicaid managed care environment. The Council's next meeting is scheduled for August 10, 2016, and the Council will hold the next DHS budget meeting on September 13th through the 14th, 2016. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, July 28, 2016. Judicial Branch Audit. Fiscal Year 2015 Audit. The Office of Auditor of State recently released the audit report on the Iowa Judicial Branch for Fiscal Year 2015. The Iowa Judicial Branch is comprised of the Supreme Court, the Court of Appeals, the District Courts, the Clerk of Courts, and the State Court Administrator. The purpose of the Iowa Judicial Branch is to exercise general, general appellate, and original jurisdiction in civil and criminal cases and in all proceedings including probate and juvenile matters. The Iowa Judicial Branch determines rules for admission and discipline of the Iowa Bar, adopts rules regulating appellate practice and procedures, and promulgates regulations of the Commission of Judicial Qualifications, the Board of Law Examiners, and the Board of Shorthand Reporters. Audit Findings The report makes the following findings related to interior control. Prepaid expenditures. One contract paid in fiscal year 2015 included 11 months of service for fiscal year 2016. This resulted in an understatement of prepaid expenses of $420,981. This was properly adjusted for reporting purposes. Interpreter compensation. During the review, the auditor identified an interpreter contract that is billed on a per-minute basis for phone interpretive services. The calculated hourly rate of this contract exceeds the hourly rate permitted by an administrative directive of the state court administrator for court interpreter compensation. The directive does not include a permanent rate for telephone interpreter services. The report makes the following findings related to statutory requirements. Iowa Code Compliance, Section 73.16 of the Iowa Code requires the director of each state agency or department having purchasing authority in cooperation with the targeted small business or TSB marketing and compliance manager of the Iowa Economic Development Authority or IEDA to establish a procurement goal for certified targeted small businesses each fiscal year. The procurement goal must include the procurement of goods and services including construction but excluding utility services. The goal must be stated in terms of a dollar amount and at a level exceeding the procurement levels from certified targeted small businesses during the previous fiscal year. The TSB procurement goal for the Iowa Judicial Branch for fiscal year 2015 was not set at a level exceeding fiscal year 2014 actual TSB spending. Recommendations and responses. The auditor made recommendations on compliance for all of the items outlined. The Iowa Judicial Branch submitted responses for improvement that were accepted by the auditor. Additional information. A full copy of the report is available for review in the Office of the Auditor of State and on the Auditor of State website. The staff contact for this fiscal update 
is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update. Fiscal Services Division, July 28, 2016. Audit. Human Resource Technology Controls at the University of Iowa. Human Resources Information System, or HRIS. As part of the annual audit of financial statements for the University of Iowa, or UI, the Auditor of State issued a report on selected aspects of technology controls for the HRIS. The system is a purchased product from the Oracle and contains modules for payroll benefits and basic human resources functions such as hiring, status changes, employee training, and employment history. The review covered the period from May 11, 2015 through July 31, 2015. Results. The review resulted in a recommendation that the UI strengthen access controls for the HRIS by ensuring compliance with the UI enterprise password policy and reducing the time before automatic logout due to inactivity. Response. The UI responded by noting that user passwords are being changed to comply with the elevated privilege password requirements in the enterprise password policy. Inactivity logouts are set to 50 minutes to avoid loss of data entry work. Privileged access users, though, are encouraged to set their workstations to lock after 10 to 20 minutes of inactivity. Unlike an automatic inactivity logout, data entry work is not lost when the workstation locks. The response was accepted by the auditors. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270.